What's up there, good peoples? This episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, how to choose a property manager. So I hear this all the time from people that, uh, you know, either want to get into real estate investing, but they just don't want to deal with tenants or, um, you know, people that are considering purchasing property in another location, you know, that's too far to drive, too far to travel to. Uh, it could be in the same state, could be halfway across the country, could be on the other side of the world. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you're just not in a position whereas you either want to deal with the tenants or you just can't deal with the tenants, but you still want to uh, you still want to invest. All right. Also, th this would also apply for people that, um, you know, if, if the property was um, given to you, deeded to you uh, due to like a probate situation or, or something to that effect. And but again, you don't want to deal with the tenants or you can't deal with the tenants. This will be, be very beneficial in helping you to uh, to weed out those bad property managers. Yes, they do exist. Um, so this this will this will definitely be beneficial for you to help you select a, uh, a good property manager uh, for your property. So um, I do want to say that there are other options if you didn't want to uh, to hire a property manager. Maybe, maybe you want to save some money. Um, there are other options if you wanted to invest in real estate, um, but, uh, you know, you just don't want to deal with the tenants. I mean, you can get into a partnership type deal, whereas your partner is the one that's dealing with the tenants. You know, you, maybe you bring the, the cash into the deal uh, or you bring the credit into the deal or whatever the case is. Um, but, you know, you guys just decide that, you know what, you are going to be the one to deal with the tenants. That's one way to get around it. Uh, another way is to just invest in um, what's called a REIT a um, real estate investment trust. Uh, that is a very hands-off way of, of uh, investing in real estate. You can look that up, Google it if you'd like to, R-E-I-T. They're called REITs. Um, and I'm not going to get too much into the nitty-gritty of REITs because this is a podcast about uh, or an episode about um, property managers and how to uh, select a property manager. So what I'm going to do is go through a few questions, a few questions that, that you should ask uh, a property manager um, once you interview them. And yes, you should be interviewing uh, potential property managers. There are several of them out there. There are several things that you can do to uh, to find them. You can just Google uh, property managers in your area. Um, there, are, there also is uh, a, uh, some certifications out there. There are some certifications out there um, that uh, that you may want to uh, look at to see if if these property managers that you're looking at, you know, are they certified? Um, there is the Institute of Real Estate Management. That's one that I know about. Uh, I R E M. Um, but there are, I'm sure there are several out there. But uh, you can um, just check to see if if they've been certified. And each uh, organization that would certify them has their own criteria as to why they would certify them. Have they gone through classes and you know so on and so forth. Uh, but you can do your research in that area. Uh, again, today's episode is more so about the questions to ask them once you find them. All right. So to get right into it, question number one, how long have you been a property manager? Uh, I think that is self-explanatory. Now I'm going to go through some of these. Some of them I'll have uh, more of an explanation, um, but a lot of them it's pretty self-explanatory. But number one, how long have you been a property manager? And obviously that this is relevant because you don't want someone that is, um, you know, brand new to the game. You're their, their first, um, you're their first client that, that might not be something that, that you want to, uh, to do if you're too far away. Now, if, if you're, 
you know, semi close to the property. Um, you know, maybe you live in the same town or just, just, you know, a few miles away, but you just kind of really don't want to deal with the tenants. Then, you know, this may be a risk that, that you're, that you're willing to take. But, uh, I would certainly assume that the, the, uh, this would be reflected in the price and they wouldn't be charging the same amount as, um, property managers that have been doing it for years and years and years. All right. So that's question number one. Question number two, how many units do you manage? Um, and this obviously is relevant for, uh, you know, this will let you know how much experience they have, um, as well as, uh, are they overloaded? You know, um, if, if they are a single person property management company, then, uh, and they, and they're managing 100, uh, units, they're managing 200 units. In my opinion, that's a little bit too much for one person, you know? Um, so, you know, these are our other questions that you're going to want to get into. So obviously that, that is relevant as well. Uh, who is the head broker? You want to know who the head broker is. A lot of property managers work for uh, for a, a specific brokerage, and you're going to want to know who is the person that I can go to if you end up pissing me off. Okay, who who am I going to go to? Who's your boss? All right, you, you're definitely going to want to know that. Uh, number four, will I have one specific property manager as a point of contact? Obviously, you're going to want to know who you are going to be speaking to. Some property management companies, you'll have a team of people that uh, will be dealing with your properties. And that's perfectly fine. But am, am I going to have one person that I'm talking to or am I going to be talking to five different people about five different problems? Um, in my personal opinion, I think that's best to speak to one person. This is just one person that I'm dealing with. And I don't want to, I don't want you to tell me, oh, you got to talk to John about that. And then John, I talk to John and John's like, oh, well, you got to talk to Sarah about that. I don't want to deal with that. Okay. So the, that's another question that you're going to want to ask. Number five, what do you offer that sets you apart from other companies? That's a great question. There are many property managers out there and there should be something that sets this particular company aside from, uh, apart from other companies. Okay. What, what, what's your specialty? Why should I go with you? All right. Number six. What do you expect from me as the owner? The answer you get to this question will vary. Um, some will say, I expect absolutely nothing from you. And some, you'll be surprised how much they're going to expect from you. All right. Question number seven, how do you communicate with owners? Are they going to call you every time? Are they going to email you? Are they going to text you? So on and so forth. Um, and you may be a person that, that likes texts. You may be a person that likes phone calls. Or email, obviously email. Well, I can't say obviously, but for me, I feel like email is probably the the, the best route um, because you have you actually have a paper trail of communication. Uh, but I know with me and some of my property management clients, they like text better. Some like to call me um, and which either way is perfectly fine for me. But uh, you want to know uh, for them, how do they prefer to uh, to communicate with the owners? All right. Number eight. Do you provide the owner's information to the tenant? Some owners do not want their tenants to know uh, who they are. They want total anonymity, and that's why they uh, hire property managers. I often recommend for people that are looking to uh, house hack. If you are someone that that you know uh, you, you're you you want to get into house hacking, which just really quickly, you know, maybe you purchase a two two unit property, three unit property, four unit property, whatever. Um, and you want to save them, you want to save a lot of money. So you're going to, uh, let's say you, you got a, a, a duplex, you, you got a, a two unit property. You want to live in one side and you want your tenants to live on the other side, but you don't want to deal with the tenants. Okay. You can hire a property manager to deal with the tenants. All right. And, and that 
the tenant that's on the other side just thinks that you're just another tenant. They don't have to know that you are the uh, are the, the actual owner. So it's important to ask the property manager, do you disclose to the tenants who the owner is? All right. So moving on, number nine, do you have a policy about landlords contacting tenants? Once again, uh, with this, you may want to be able to be in contact with the tenants or you may not want to have any contact with them at all. But it's important to know if the property management company has a policy that uh, that the owners can or cannot contact the tenants. Number 10, who is the lease between? OK, um, so with this, some property managers uh, will have the lease in the name of their property management company. So it will, so the lease would be between the tenant and the property management company. Some uh, property management companies have it to whereas the lease is between you as the owner and the tenant and they are pretty much just managing your tenant. All right. So that in that case, you would be the one to sign the lease um, and it'll be you and the tenant to sign the lease. And, and the, the property manager is just basically the person that facilitated that uh, that signing. OK, it could be digitally. It could be in person or whatever. So these are things that you're going to want to know as well. Number 11. Do you provide a lease to the owner? And if so, when? So I think that it's good for uh, regardless if the tenant knows who you are or not. I believe that that it's a good thing for you as the owner to know who the tenant is um, and to have as much information on that tenant as possible, because you never know. You know, what if things don't work out with you in the property management company? You don't want to, uh, you know, to be totally in the dark as to who is living in the property. All right. Number 12. What lengths of lease do you offer? So some uh, property management companies will do a six month lease. Some will do a 12 month lease. I've heard of 18 month and, and uh, 24 month leases. OK, so you're going to want to know um, how much the length of time that uh, this property management company will be um, signing leases for. Number 13, do you charge extra for month to month leases? This is just something that you're going to want to be curious about. You're going to want to ask this question. You may have your particular thoughts on if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Okay. But this is definitely something that you're going to want to know. Do you charge extra for month to month lease? And then you're also going to want to know if they do charge extra, who keeps that extra amount of money. Okay. So if they're charging an extra $50 a month to the tenant because they signed a month to month lease, does the property management company keep that $50 or do you keep that $50? That one right there was a bonus. Number 14, what is your late rent policy? Hopefully they have a late rent policy and you're going to know you're, you're going to want to know what it is. Um, when does when when does a tenant pay a late fee? Do they pay a late fee? Um, so on and so forth. What is their um, their late fee policy, their late rent policy? You're going to definitely want to ask that question. Number 15, who keeps the late fees? This is kind of uh, along the same lines of uh, what I was saying in number 13. OK, that little bonus part that I gave you. But uh, number 15 is who keeps the late fees um, with many property management companies. Um, the property management company themselves actually retain all fees. OK, whether that's a late fee or some other type of fee that 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 they implement. All right. Um, the company actually keeps the fees. So that that is definitely a question that you're going to want to ask is who retains the late fees. As number 14 said, do you have a, a late fee policy? Number 15 says, who keeps the late fees? If you're charging late fees, who keeps them? On to number 16. 
Do you have lease language that requires the tenant to pay for any damages they cause that is not considered wear and tear? So in many states, I know Connecticut is one, uh, but in many states, you cannot charge a tenant for normal wear and tear, uh, what some would consider as damage, but the state of Connecticut would consider it as normal wear and tear. You cannot charge extra for that. So uh, you want to know if this property management company has language in their lease that uh, specifies that the tenant will be responsible for paying damages that they cause that's above normal wear and tear. Because if not, um, you may have a legal battle. If you or the property management company tried to, um, uh, tried to charge them for something and um, there was never any disclosure, there was never anything in the lease stating that they would be responsible uh, to pay for damages above normal wear and tear. So you're gonna want to, uh, to ask them that. And don't just take provided that, well, listen, they're a property management company, they've been doing this for, for some time, so I would certainly assume that they're going to have this in their lease. Don't assume anything, okay? Um, these are definitely questions that you're going to want to ask, all right? Number 17, do you troubleshoot with your tenants when they call for repairs? This will either cost you money or save you money. If, um, if the property management company um, just, you know, a tenant calls and says, hey, I have a, a, a leaky faucet and then the property management company hires a plumber to go over there. The plumber fixes it um, or and when I say fixes it, I mean that they actually turn the knob all the way off and that's their fix. You're going to be charged uh, a, a good amount of money because the plumber went in there and turned the water off by turning the knob like the tenant should have done in the first time, the first place. OK, um, so you want to know. Does the property management company try to troubleshoot first before calling for repairs? In other words, what you know, if a tenant called and said, "Listen, my my faucet is leaking," you know, the uh, the property manager would actually kind of go through a list with them, like, "Okay, did you check this? Did you try that? Did you do this? Did you do that?" So on and so forth. So you want to ask them, "Do you troubleshoot with your with your tenants um, when they call for repairs?" All right. Number eighteen. Do you do sight unseen leases? Basically, what that is, is if a tenant calls and says, listen, I saw that you have a property available on uh, such and such a street, which that would be your property. Uh, so I saw that you have this property available. I'm not going to be in Connecticut until two months from now. But I, you know what? I like that street. I want the property. I want I want to uh, I want I want to rent it. All right. Are they going to uh, to to lease to that person um, with that person not even seeing the property? That's going to be important for you to know as well. Number 19, who pays for pest control? If you are a landlord, you are going to come across pests, whether that is uh, mice, whether it's roaches, whether it's ants, whether it's whatever, bats, I mean, squirrels, I've seen, I've seen a lot, okay? Um, so you're going to come across different pet, uh, pests and you're going to want to know who is going to pay for this. Is, is the tenant going to pay for it? Or are you going to pay for it? Or, hey, maybe the property management company is going to pay for it. On to number 20. Do you do as is appliances? In a nutshell, what this means is the unit comes with a refrigerator, stove, oven, um, microwave, so on and so forth. But if the microwave goes out, do you have to replace the microwave? Do you have to, to fix the refrigerator? So on and so forth. Okay. Um, if the microwave is inoperable, for say a month okay i'm not saying that that's a good thing bad thing whatever that's not my i'm not here to judge that at this point but let's say one of the appliances has been down for a month is the tenant still going to be required to pay their rent okay 
Um, so just with that said, it's good to have it in your lease. Uh, and this is not legal advice. I'm not an attorney. Okay. This is my opinion. Okay. But it's good to have it in your lease. Um, it's good to have language in your lease that states that, uh, the appliances are as is. Okay. And, um, and that the appliance, the, the appliances are not guaranteed and that your rent is that no portion of your rent is being paid to include working appliances that way. And once again, this is not legal advice, but that way it would be harder for a tenant to fight uh, and say that, well, listen, the, uh, the appliance wasn't working. This particular appliance wasn't working. That's why I decided not to pay my rent because the landlord did not hold up their end of the bargain. That's why it's good to have a, um, an as is appliances clause or some language in your lease, uh, that states that, like I said, no part of their rent is being applied to the upkeep of appliances or something to that effect. Number 21, do you have a lease breakout clause? If so, what are the terms? So basically if a tenant wants, you know, if, if a tenant has just gotten a job halfway across the country, um, uh, are they going to be able to break the lease? So you want to know from the property management company, do they have a lease breakout clause? And if so, what is it? Tell me how it works. All right. Number 22, how much move out notice do you require? Some people, some uh, landlords, some property management companies require one month. Some require two months, some require three months, whatever. Okay. But you want to know what their policy is for, uh, for, for moving out. Even if, if, if it's at the end of their, uh, of the tenant's lease, you know, um, with some property managers, you know, the, the tenant's lease could be up on um, July 1st. But if they didn't notify the uh, property manager that, uh, that they're going to be actually moving out on July 1st, then the tenant may be penalized. OK, so you're going to want to know these things. All right. Because like I said, you, you can't assume anything. Number 23, is the lease automatically renewable? OK, um, so again, to look at the lease, you want to know. Uh, when, if the lease is up on and, and it's over as of July 1st, does that mean that on July 2nd, the lease automatically renews and so on and so forth? That's something that you're going to want to know. You're going to want to ask them. Number 24, what is your renewal policy? All right. Um, I feel like I've been explaining everything here, um, so far, but I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. If they're going to, um, renew the lease or deny renewal, uh, what is their policy as it pertains to that? Number 25. Do you charge for renewals? I'm going to move on to number 26 because I think that's self-explanatory. How do you decide whether or not to raise the rent or keep it the same? Number 27, what is your monthly charge? Now, this applies to you, okay? How much are you going to be paying for, uh, for your property management fees, okay? Uh, and this varies. Um, there is somewhat of a standard, I guess I'll say, uh, and, and that's 10%. Um, across the country, it, mo many property managers charge 10% of, of the gross rental income. But uh, then again, there's a lot of property managers that, that charge differently. So you're going to you're going to want to know um, what the monthly charge is. All right. Number 28. Do you have a trial period? So basically, you know, is there language in your property management agreement? And again, this is you know, I'm talking right now about the agreement between you and the property manager. Uh, so. In that agreement, is there a, tri a trial period? So basically, you know, do I get three months to whereas, listen, I'm just kind of filling you out. I want to know if, if we're going to work out or not. Um, so if, if I decide after two months that this is not a good relationship and I want to back out, uh, can I do that? And that is the trial period. And even if they say no, 
that is always something that you can ask for. All right. The worst they can say is no. And they can go find somebody else. Number 29. What does the monthly fee include? This is where the fine print comes in. You're going to want to know, listen, if I'm paying you 10% a month, uh, 10% of gross rents per month, what does that include? What am I getting for that? Okay. That's number 29. Number 30. This one is probably even more important. Okay. What does my monthly fee not include? What does it not cover? Once again, we're getting into the small print now, the small fine print that, uh, that you probably wouldn't see had you not listened to this podcast, right? Because this is where, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see through the, the smoke and mirrors. Okay. Um, because that there may be some things that they forgot to tell you, um, that your monthly fee, your monthly 10% fee does not cover. Um, and you go just ask that directly. Matter of fact, I would actually email this question to them. So you, you, you get a, a good idea as to what your fee includes and what your fee does not include, what your, what your monthly fee does not cover and what you'll have to be paying extra for. All right. Number 31, do you have any additional charges or fees such as pet fees, um, place, um, placement fees, like actually to, uh, to, to place a tenant, um, maintenance fees and so on and so forth. That goes back to number 30. You know, what does my monthly fee not cover? All right. So I know that some property managers will actually charge you if, if they have to go to the property to fix an issue, if they have to go to the property to collect rent, there are several things that, that, uh, that your monthly fee may not include. And you're, you're going to want to know this, but, uh, back to number 31, do you have any additional charges or fees? Okay. So you want, you're going to want to know, um, what fees will the property manager be charging to the tenant? What fees will the property manager be charging to you? Okay. On to number 32, who keeps the fees that the tenants pay? Like I said, with me, I charge, uh, the, the, the tenants a, a pet fee. If they have a pet, um, I also charge late fees and th things of that nature. But you're, what you're go going to want to know again is who keeps the fee? Do, does the property management company keep the fee or does that get passed on to you? Once again, that's that fine print. And I'm not saying that, that either way is good or bad. You know, everybody has to make their money. Um, but this is definitely something that you're going to want to know. On to number 33. How is the money dispersed? So the tenant is going to be paying rent. Okay. Uh, but who are they paying rent to? Are the, is the tenant paying rent to you? Are they sending you a check or are they sending the, the, uh, the money to the property manager? Hopefully they're sending it to the property manager. Okay. But how is that money going to be dispersed? How, how is the property manager going to be, uh, sending you money? Are they going to be actually sending you hard checks? Are they going to wire you the money? They're going to cash app. What are they going to do? How are they going to get the money over to you? Okay. This is information that you're going to want to know and you're going to want to make sure that it lines up with uh, the way that you do your finances in the first place. Me personally, I don't like receiving paper checks. Um, I like everything electronic if possible. Obviously, that doesn't always work out, but it is what it is. On to number 34. When is the money dispersed? So this is obviously a very important question because you may have a mortgage on your property. So does the property manager uh, send you in advance, maybe on the first of the month? even though they, they may not get their the rent from the tenant on the, you know, until the third, the fifth or the 10th of the month, are they going to actually cut you in an, an advance check and just send you the money that they're expecting from the tenants? Okay. Or do they wait to, to receive all the money from, from the tenant and then cut you to check? What, what happens if the tenant doesn't pay until the 20th? Um, are you going to have to come up with, with the money to pay your mortgage? So on and so forth. These are things you're going to want to think about. 
These are things that you're going to want to ask the property manager. How is the money going to be dispersed? Number 35, how do you advertise the rental units? This is very important, um, especially if, if, uh, if you have vacant units and if you don't now, I'm sure that you will at some point. Um, you're, going, you're going to want to know what their strategy is, what their marketing plan is for how they're going to uh, get feet in the door to, to see uh, if this is a potential new home for this new tenant. OK, how are they advertising the rentals? Uh, and, and this is something that you're going to want to sit and listen to to see if, if you feel like it actually makes sense. All right. If they just say, yeah, I'm just going to put it on Craigslist and hopefully catch a tenant, then run as fast as you can. Number 36. Do you have a termination clause if the property or unit is not rented after X amount of time? OK, so let's say you have a single family property. The property right now is empty and you are hiring this property management company. OK. You signed a one year property management agreement with this person um, or this company. And uh, here we are three, four, five months down the road and the property is still vacant. You want to know, is there some type of clause in the contract that would allow you to cancel the property management agreement? So that's definitely something you want to discuss as well. Number 37, do I pay fees when the unit is empty? So let's say that, that you have had the, uh, the, the unit for a while and um, someone moves out. Once again, the property is sitting empty for two or three months. Are you still going to be paying your property management fee? Okay, this would probably apply more so if it's a single family house, uh, but you know, multifamily as well, whatever. You want to know if the property is empty, if the property is vacant, am I still paying your property management fee? Number 38, what is your termination policy for owners? I think I've discussed this enough. Uh, you just want to know, you know if, if I decide to back out, what's the policy? How would I go about doing that? Um, so on and so forth. Number 39, if the fees are not collected from the tenant, will you charge me? Okay. So like I said, I, along with uh, other property managers have different fees that, that uh, we pass along to the tenants. Um, I keep talking about the pet fee or the late fee. Uh, let's deal a little bit with the late fee. So if, if the late fee is not paid by the tenant. Let's say that they, you know, they get ticked off at, at me as the property manager and they say, well, I can't believe you're going to charge me this late fee. I'm moving out. Okay. Um, so the tenant never actually pays that late fee. What happens to the late fee? Does it go away? Um, do, does the, uh, the owner or does the property manager pursue the tenant or do they just get that late fee from you as the owner? That's something that you're going to want to know. Number 40, how many evictions have you performed? Now, I would definitely listen really closely when it comes to this question, because if they have never done an eviction, I would be a little concerned about that. If they've done 50 evictions, I would be a little concerned about that. OK, so this is definitely an area that that you want to uh, to listen to um, understand, you know, if they say that, that they've only had one or two, then um, you, you want to know why. You know, is it because you're such a great property manager and, and everybody loves you? Is that why you've never had a um, an eviction or is it because you refuse to, to evict anyone and everybody is paying their, their, their rent whenever they want to? And you're just so scared to uh, to have a vacancy that you're letting people stay there for free. That would be a problem. If you've had a ton of evictions, that also would be a problem because, in my opinion, you're just not managing properly. So you're going to want to pay a lot of attention to the answer for that question. How many evictions have you performed? Number 41, how do you handle the eviction process? You're going to want to know, do they hire an attorney? OK, um, do they do the 
eviction themselves? Do they actually go to the courthouse themselves? Okay, so how do they handle the eviction process? Number 42, is the eviction part of the cost or is it an additional fee or an additional cost? Basically, what I'm getting at is, does your property management fee, your monthly fee, cover the cost of evictions or are they going to charge you extra for that eviction? That's something that you're going to want to know. Number 43, what is your application and screening process? Every property manager should have an actual process for how they accept or deny tenants, okay? Um, they should also have a process as to um, their, their screening, uh, something that they can refer back to, a checklist, okay? Did I check Did I check this? Did I check that? Did I do this? Did I do that, okay? They should act actually have a checklist for screening uh, potential tenants, and there, there should be an actual, um, actual policies and procedures as to what guides them on uh, who to accept and who to deny. And which actually brings me to number four. Can I see your application process and qualification standards? Okay, for myself, I actually have an actual document that um, I send this to or I, I, I present this to, to anyone that is going to be applying for one of my units, um, you, you can actually see my whole process, what will get you denied, what will get you accepted. Um, and so you, as a person that is interviewing property managers, you're going to want to see this, this document. Hopefully they have something like this. You're going to want to see this document to see what is their process for, um, for screening tenants. And you're going to want to, uh, to, to see their document for, uh, what qualifies a tenant to be accepted, to be approved, to rent your unit. All right. Number 45, do you get owner's approval before approving a tenant? So you're going to want to know this because, you know, with many property managers, they select the tenant. You have absolutely nothing to do with it. This may be a good thing in your mind. This may be a bad thing in your mind. You're going to want to know um, where this particular property management company stands. Once again, do they approve the tenant or do they wait for you to approve the tenant? Very important. Number 46, do you charge an application fee? All right. That's self-explanatory. Do you charge a uh, an application fee for tenants that are applying for the unit? And if so, how much? Number 47, how often do you do inspections? Now, if they say that, you know, they they uh, they see the property before the tenant go, gets in there and then they see the property after the tenant moves out, then once again, you'll want to run as fast as you possibly can. OK, um, you'll want to you'll definitely want for them to to do some sort of inspections. I don't you know, you talk to, to 10 different people, you probably get 10 different answers on how often is enough. Um, but in my opinion, if you're if you're going in there a few times a year just to check on the place, you want to you want to see the inside of the house to make sure that uh, that it's, um, you know, tenants are tearing things up. Uh, that's, in my opinion, what a private manager should be doing. So um, you want to know if they do uh, inspections and if they do, how often do they do them? Number 48, how do you retain security deposits? So I know that this podcast may be, this episode may be being listened to in different uh, parts of the country, maybe even the world, I don't know. Um, but uh, here in Connecticut, there's a certain way that we're supposed to retain security, de security deposits. You're gonna want to know, um, are you keeping the security deposits in an escrow account or are you just keeping it in your checking account or keeping it in cash under the mattress? Whatever the case is, you want to know how are they retaining the, uh, the security deposits. Number 49, how do you charge for tenant damage during the lease term? So during their inspections, they, they find that that uh, one of the tenants kicked the door down. Um, maybe it was one of the doors to one of the bedrooms or something, but there's a big hole in, in the uh, in the door. 
Side note, personal experience. Anyway, who gets charged for that? Does the uh, property management company charge you or do they charge the tenant? You'll definitely want to know that. Number 50, what do you do when the damages exceed the security deposit? So when the tenant moves out and you find that there's $1,500 worth of damage, but the tenant's security deposit was only $1,000, where's that extra money come from? That's good to know. Number 51, do you get approval from the owner before returning the security deposit? That's pretty self-explanatory. Number 52, do you do a walkthrough with the tenant prior to them moving out? Once again, self-explanatory. Number 53, what is your maintenance fund policy? Not so self-explanatory. So a tenant calls the property management company and says that their water heater just went out, okay? They don't have any hot water or the furnace went out or something that's uh, pretty important uh, and, and that has to be taken care of, okay? Maybe a window was broken and it's, it's the dead of winter, okay? Um, and so now you got cold air breezing throughout the house, okay? These are things that are going to have to be taken care of ASAP, as soon as possible. So oftentimes, the property management company will actually retain funds, additional funds, to take care of these types of emergencies so that they actually have money set aside so that they can actually so they can actually take care of these issues. So you you're going to want to you're going to want to know how much are they going to retain if they're going to retain anything. And this fund is called the maintenance fund. And this will vary from property management company to different to up uh, to property management company. The different people call it different things, but you get the concept so you know what to ask. Uh, what is your maintenance fund policy? Again, um, how much extra are you going to retain if you're going to retain anything extra at all for uh, emergency maintenance issues? Number 54, do you ask for permission or do you just fix and bill? So you're going to want to know uh, what types of situations would the property management company just go ahead and fix? Um, like I said, the, the, the hot water heater is off or it's, you know, two degrees outside and the, uh, and the heat is off. Are they going to actually call you and ask you, hey, do you mind if I fix the heat or are they just going to fix it? You're going to want to know what types of things will they just fix and bill for and what types of things would they actually call you for to ask you, hey, do you, you know, uh, the tenant called and said X, Y, Z. Um, do you think we should fix it? Should we not fix it? What do you want to do? So on and so forth. You're going to want to know that. Number 55, do you charge an additional fee for maintenance? Now I kind of covered this earlier. Um, some property management companies will actually charge you an extra fee if they have to actually go out to the property to check on something. That's definitely something that you're going to want to know. All right. Number 56, is your maintenance in-house or do you hire vendors? So some property management companies, larger property management companies, um, actually have their own maintenance team, people that actually work for their company and, um, and others use vendors. So, you know, you need a plumber, you find a plumber, you hire them. All right. Um, so you're going to want to know, uh, how they handle their maintenance issues. Once again, do they have in-house maintenance or do they use vendors? And there are perks and drawbacks to both. Number 57, do you show the house while the current tenant is still in the home or do you wait till after they move out? Again, even with this, there's perks to, uh, to, to either way but it's good for you to uh, to know what their policy is. What do they do? How do they market their uh, their units? All right, so that's it. That's what I got for you guys, man. Um, I hope that you guys uh, learned something. I hope that you took notes. If you didn't take notes, you're gonna wanna go back and listen to the whole thing all over again and take notes. I just want to emphasize that it is so, so important that before you actually hire a property manager, make sure that you interview them. Make sure that you ask them these questions um, and this will uncover a lot. All right. Um, uh, interview as many as you possibly can, as many, as many, as many as your time allows you to, to, uh, to, to interview. All right. 
But hey, that's all I got for you guys for today. I hope this has been beneficial. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you took a lot of notes. And I wish you all the success in your real estate ventures. That's all I got for you guys today. As always, thank you for your time. Make it a great day.